Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 75. Today I'm going to talk to you about the qualification of not being a recent convert. But first, we have some preliminary announcements as we have the last few weeks that I want to make you aware of. Number one, the cohort, there's just two days left to sign up for the Shepherd's Crook cohort. I think you're going to really like this. If you want to talk pastoral ministry with a group of guys, if you're not local, it will be online through the Zoom app. If you are local, you can come here on site, and it's going to be the last Saturday of every single month till June. The welcome packet will be sent out this week, and you'll get a cool notebook and a few other items in there that I think you'll appreciate. I want you to sign up. It's only $100, and there's still room available. So please go to theshepherdscrook.co, and you can donate and be a part of the cohort. It's going to be great. Second, I'm going to continue to get sponsors this month. I'm just telling you stuff that's going on around here. But in the coming months, like next month, I have Banner of Truth lined up again. We're going to do a really great giveaway with them. We're going to do a complete set of John Bunyan's writings and... In the coming months after that, I want to set up really good giveaways and really good sponsors. But to do that, I need help because I need the listener base to grow. Companies are willing to give away more if there's a greater listener base. And so if you would, please continue to share these episodes and go to iTunes if you haven't already and rate the show and then leave a review. Those things help. And then if you have some pastor friends or some buddies that are considering pastoral ministry, then pass this along. Share it with your friends. And also, pass along the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. If your wife is not yet listening to this, or if you have some friends that you want to pass it along to, please do. The Fruitful and Fearless podcast with Jordan, my wife, and Lexi is really good, and it's gotten a lot of traction. There's a lot of people that are listening, and so please spread the word about that as well. It would be a huge help. Okay, let's talk First Timothy chapter 3. We're almost done with this little series going through First Timothy 3, and I hope... You know, it's been good. So here we go. Must not be a recent convert. Here's what it says. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be he must not be a recent convert, or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Okay, first, not a recent convert. I want to clear some things up here on the front end that I think are crucial for us to understand and then get into not a recent convert. When we say not a recent convert, be clear, Paul is not saying he must not be a young man. He's not saying that there's got to be an age limit. I remember talking to a group of pastors one time who looked at me and said, an elder can't be under 40. And I remember thinking, well, that disqualifies Jesus from being the lead pastor here. That disqualifies probably every single apostle. And you get the silliness of a statement like that. But it it does need to be stated because there is a large swath of people who think that to be an elder, that is primarily a statement of age. And it is not. A young man can be an elder. Timothy is an example of that. Uh, Titus is an example of that. And the whole point is, do you meet the qualifications or not? Young men could have been converted 20 years ago. When I was a little boy, I was converted, for instance. And then by the time I was in my 20s, I'd been a Christian for almost two decades. The time I became a pastor, I'd been a Christian for 19 years. And so we don't want to make the mistake of saying recent convert equals young. In fact, I think the 20s, the decade of the 20s, the like the age group of the 20s is so crucial for churches. 
And it's so crucial for churches because there are going to be other churches that are going to make room at the table of decision makers for 20-year-olds. Now, when I say 20-year-olds, I'm talking about the decade of the 20s. If you don't, as a church and as a pastor, target young leaders as they're in their 20s, these young men in their 20s, 24, 25, 26, and disciple them and tell them they've got a place at the table if they meet the biblical qualifications, here's the deal, I promise you, they will go to another church who will give them a seat at the table. The young hip church in the next town over will welcome them gladly. The, the decade of the 20s is so crucial. If you don't have men in their 20s at the table, I'm not talking exclusively, that would be foolish, but if you don't have men in their 20s that are biblically qualified around the table, the elder table, then your church is just a couple generations away from death. The 20s are so if you make men wait around till the decades of their 30s, it's going to be too late. Because in their world, they're already leading companies, they're already making decisions at work and in their life, and if they turn to the church and the church sees them as children still, well, that's just not going to go well. And they're just going to go to the next church that's giving them a seat at that table, as I said. So the 20s is crucial. So let's just clear that up. When we say not a recent convert, we're not talking about young men. Young men who are qualified biblically can be a, a really good, effective, and humble pastor. But they must not be a recent convert. Why? Well, the text tells us something very clear. Recent converts run the risk of being puffed up with conceit, and they can fall into the condemnation of the devil. My goodness, we do not want that for our recent converts. Now, we're in this list pretty far and deep into it. As we go through this list, we might be thinking, well, what if this young convert meets all these previous qualifications? And then what is a young convert? What does that mean? One year, two years, six years? Come on, Paul, provide us with some more information. Well, there's going to be some subjective things here. There's going to be some things that we have to use wisdom with. But what we can do is open up, puffed up with conceit, and answer the question why a young convert can't be an elder. So here's a few things to consider. A young convert can't be an elder because a young convert cannot handle power. Power is a dangerous thing. In pastoral ministry, whether you like it or not, it is a position of power. You can use that power to serve, or you can use that power to lord it over people. And apparently, the young, young convert cannot handle the power of the elder's chair. He's got to have time walking with the Lord to be able to develop the type of character that can handle keys being given to him, power and authority being given to him, and he does not yet know how to wield it effectively. He will use people for his own means if he's not ready to serve people to see them flourish. And that's the good you know, barometer of healthy leadership and good pastoral ministry. Are you using your position to get from people or to give to people? Are you using your people to build your kingdom or help them build an effective kingdom themselves? What are you doing? Are you using people or are you loving people? And the young convert who's puffed up with conceit just can't handle it yet, so he's going to use people rather than love people. In fact, there is a way to pastor people like that that's really popular these days. The, the, the kind of the CEO model of ministry and the popular visionary pastor type of ministry has sold to pastors all over this country the, the idea that pastoral ministry is about getting a really good idea that's got a really good catchphrase and then getting people to buy into that. And if you'll get people to buy into your vision, you know, of course, it's always masked and caveated as God's vision. Well, then that's what you're supposed to do as a pastor. And friends, that's just a lie. Please, we don't need any more visionary pastors. We just don't. And people say, well, where there is no vision, the people perish. Well, where there's false vision, the people perish. And Jesus is our visionary. We don't need pastors who are running around saying that they're visionaries. And young men cannot handle pastoral environments like that. 
because they think it's their job to create a package that people can buy into, to create a vision or something like that that's compelling and revolutionary and all that kind of stuff, and it just creates a whole environment. And so you got to watch out for that kind of mentality because it's everywhere. It's not just in attractional churches. It's in churches. It's in mom-and-pop churches. It's all over the place where people have bought this lie that pastoral ministry is about getting people to follow you and your vision rather follow you as you follow Christ. There's a big difference. So the young convert can't handle shepherding souls in a humble way. He shepherds souls in a way that uses people. But then let's talk about for a second before we finish what qualifies as recent. Because, as you're thinking through this like I am, um, is it is it two years? Um, because it's going to be hard to tell if they qualify. This, this qualification is at the back end. So if they qualify in being above reproach, and they're sober-minded and self-controlled and hospitable and respectable and all the things that we've already talked about over the last few months. If they qualify for all of those and yet are a recent convert, we're told they just can't handle it or they'll fall into conceit and the condemnation of the devil. So how do we know? Well, just for me personally, if a man is qualified up to this point, but he's only two years a believer, I'm not going to recommend him to be an elder. And our process to becoming the elder at our church is a two-year process, even if he's two years and entering into a two-year program, and then by the time he would be recommended to be an elder, he would be a Christian for four years. I'm not interested in making a man who's only been a Christian for four years an elder. Now, I don't know what this means for you. Maybe you are. But I know in the desire, especially in the church planting world, to have more elders and to get more people around the table and to get help shepherding and caring for people, we have a tendency, especially in that church planting realm, to put people in positions too quickly. And in the church world, it's a busy world. We're wanting to get things done fast. We're wanting to get things done quickly so we can build and go on to the next thing or the next event. And and in a highly administrative pastoral ministry culture, we just need to get more, more, more men. And if you're growing rapidly as a church, you, you're thinking the burden of, of pastoral care is growing too big for you to bear alone, so you're needing more and more and more men. And I just want to tell you to slow down, encourage you, I guess, rather than tell you, encourage you just to slow down. You don't have to be in a hurry. The hope is, wherever you're pastoring or whenever you start pastoring, is that God is going to be planting this church or God is going to be keeping this church longer than you're going to be around. And you want to set this church up well by providing a healthy ecclesiology and a biblical ecclesiology for the next generation who's coming up after you and then the generation after that who's coming up after them. And so you don't have to be in a hurry. And I think, if, if this is anything, it's not telling us exactly the timeline. What I think this is telling us is, hey, slow down. You don't have to be in a hurry. And that's exactly what First Timothy chapter 5 says. It says, don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. Don't be hasty on, a, on ordaining the next elders. And so slow down a little bit. Walk with this man for a few years. See his character tested. And then recommend him, if he qualifies for all these other things, then recommend him to come into an elder program or get on the track of becoming an elder at your church. You don't have to be in a hurry. And with all of this, it's going to require wisdom. You're going to have to lean into the leading of the Holy Spirit and trust that God's going to give you wisdom as you walk forward wanting to care for his church and see more elders care for his church. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. 
You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.